Five, four, three, two. So there's a global pandemic. A virus is sweeping across our world, still, and society is changed. Why is this happening? Is somebody going to do something about this? Now that you can get a free donut, do you wish that it was a gym membership instead? If you haven't considered these questions yet, you will. And we will be here with you, your personal guides on this journey, this descent into madness. Thank you for joining us on Staring at Goats. That is right, ladies and gentlemen, it is goat time. We are the show that tells you all about our our quarantine, your quarantine, and all the quarantines in between. I hope you drank your quarantine. Uh, your host, no, Ovaltine or quarantine? Your quarantine. Uh, I'm your host, Stephen, joined as as always by other host, one Jacob. What's up? And he, Travis. So Ooh. glad to have the many, the many, the the many good friends here amongst the chat room to join us with commentary and thoughts as we venture down this this painful long road uh that we had all bet would be over we're, we're i think we're at the the 52 or last was last week the year we've been doing this one year officially or are we close no so if you look at the dates and the calendars we're at one year three weeks and last week was episode 50 and today we are on episode 51 and next week we'll be in the 52nd episode the true one year worth of episodes the true one year mm-hmm. oh boy but it's technically been one year and three weeks since yeah. we missed a few weeks yeah okay so either way it's been long enough uh, yes, i think is i think is is where we're at and where we continue to be but the news keeps rolling in the the evidence to to back vaccines keeps rolling in the the more the numbers spiking and the peaks and valleys, it all still matters. And and because of that, staring goats is going to continue staring goats until the end of, of, of this thing, uh, which I hope is fast approaching. Uh, but to start with, let's talk about how each other are doing. Um, Jacob, let's start with you this week. Let's start <laughs> with you. I like, I like what you put in the notes. I have no idea what it means. I want to know. I can't wait anymore. What I put in the notes was don't adapt, change, period. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot over the last couple of weeks is is about the way we do business and the way we work. Um, that's changing. That's completely changing. And and it's not like new technology has come on board slowly and we've had companies start to um, integrate that into work streams and we've started to slowly change the way we do business um, and and adapt those technologies into the way we did business. It's boom, one day you got to do business a completely different way. And a year ago, we hit this. And now that we're a year in, we are still in that don't adapt change model. And yeah, I know companies are going to this hybrid model where they're trying to get workers back in the office and blah, 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 blah. But the bottom line is, is that the writing's on the wall. We have changed the way we do business. We are not going to go back to the old way of doing business. Some things may resemble what we used to do, but some things are not going to resemble what we uh, what we used to do. And, you know, companies, and, and my company is not excluded from this, but companies are making announcements about permanent changes, things like travel. They're saying... 
what do we need to travel for? We've made it the last year without traveling. So why should we have to travel anymore? And so they're starting to say, you know, is business travel a thing anymore? Because they're starting to try to justify why they shouldn't travel. Um, they're looking for these hybrid models, like I just mentioned. Well, if people can work remotely, should we let them? Because guess what we don't have to do? Rent space to them anymore or have space for them. So now all of a sudden buildings are starting to, commercial properties are starting to show up on the market, right? Um, I've noticed an alarming trend over the last probably three, two to three months. The number of retirements have gone through the roof, um, especially where I work. I bet we've had probably a dozen retirements. We're known for a comp we're a company that when you get there, you, you kind of stay there. And and um, to see people start retiring at this number, we might see one or two retirements every year. But to see 12 in the last three months, just from the beginning of this year, I'm like, what is going on here? Um, two weeks ago, my one of my favorite bosses, one I claim he's probably my mentor associated with my work. He retired and he's 58 years old. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's he's early. Like, yeah. Jacob. yeah. He was like, I just don't want to work in this environment anymore. I, I don't like it. There's nothing about this that is, it, it makes me happy. He said, I don't enjoy going to work anymore because of the way we work now. It's, it's awful. And so I, I started to probe that a little bit. And I started to realize these old school guys, they're, they're not old guys. They're just, they do business in a different way are really struggling right now because they're used to the face-to-face -face meetings. They're looking at mm -hmm. people's eyes. They're reading people. They're, they're trying to understand where people are coming from. And you just don't get that level of connectivity through this kind of a camera interaction. You, you just don't get it on the phone. It's just not there. They're used to going out to lunches, people taking them out to lunches and trying to sell them on the newest, latest and greatest technology and say, here, buy my swears. I've got new things. And, and so that's how they learned about technologies and different things and, and where the market was going and et cetera. And all of that's gone because bottom line is you're not going to sit here on a phone call when you got 48 other things to do. And you're just going to ignore it or best case scenario. You'll listen to them for two minutes and be like, eh, nah, I'm not interested. Talk to you later. Bye. But before everybody ate lunch. So it was a captive audience. So you went out to lunch, right? And, mm -hmm. and it's gone. And I, I started thinking back to myself and I used to go out to lunch with somebody probably once a week or once every two weeks and you know, learn about something new and somebody's trying to sell me something and they'd pay for my lunch and I'd be you know happy because I got a free lunch and every once in a while I'd buy something from somebody. and But it was a way for me to stay relevant and stay active in my field and it was a way for me to understand where things were progressing and that's all gone. And I think some of these old school guys are starting to realize it's not coming back or it's not in the near term future. Um, and so... I, I'm watching this and it's it's kind of a I'm I'm not sure we're prepared for what came and I'm surely not thinking that we're ready for the changes that we're going to be making permanent and so that's what's kind of been on my mind lately I've been inquiring within my group about how we want to change and how we want to work differently and blah 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 and some people are all for it but then you've got some people that are like screw this this sucks. You need to be able to look people in the eye. You need to be work alongside of people shoulder to shoulder. You don't need to be interfacing through a webcam when you're doing the kind of business we're doing. That's just not right. And so I've I've been trying to feel out where people are at on that scale. And I'm I'm curious to hear where you guys fall. I know, Stephen, you're probably like, hell yeah, I don't have to go back in the office. <laughs> um, 
but but yeah, I'm curious to where where you guys fall on that scale. Well, let's start with Travis because you you have actually been your workplace completely dissolved their physical presence, right? So yes, uh, it, it's interesting because our my company is spread all over hell anyway. Um, <laughs> we we're based out of Austin, Texas, and we have offices there and in Vermont and. There's one in Florida, but we have a lot of remote people too. So I know there is a move to go back to the office for those people um, in Austin, in Vermont. There's uh, especially the sales people. Um, but my end of it, the sport end, we're all spread out. Uh, I'm I'm in Michigan. We got somebody in Wisconsin, um, Vermont, and then somebody's going to be out in Colorado soon on my particular team. So for me, I don't really it the change for me was going to this work from home and that's become permanent as soon as i change positions um and i'm i'm fine with that uh there's once this guy moves from here to colorado there will be three people in my company that live in my state so there's really no point in having an office at all um so i'm fine with that but i don't need to interact face to face with people i'm not doing sales I know that salespeople, that's really what their bread and butter is. Because like you said, things like lunches or taking people out for golf or, you know, doing a business trip and, and schmoozing a bit. And that helps the sale. And that's an old school mentality that I don't know how that's going to change. But I'm fine with it myself, personally. Yeah. I like sitting I, at home with my dog. I got, that's a good, yeah, that's a good, a good, a good point. I got, I got two little, little thoughts here. The first is there's a movie that came out uh, probably 10 years ago now called Up in the Air. Uh, it's a Jason mm -hmm. Reitman flick with George Clooney and uh, Vera Farmiga and, in, and Anna Kendrick at the start of her career. And that entire premise to that movie is George Clooney's a man who spends all of his time traveling to fire people. He arrives at a location. He sits down with the person who's going to be let go. He tells them everything that's happening. He gives them their folders and whatever. And they are going to remove him from his position and replace him with conference video conferencing uh, because the, the world has moved to a place where they can just simply video conference a person, fire them over the internet, and move on. And he's disgusted at the entire idea. And he's able in the movie to prove to them how jacked up it is by them attempting to fire someone while he's like at the place over this video thing and how much poorly it goes because there's not a human that he can talk to or that that person can like emote with and connect with because they're staring into a camera and these empty eyes of another human a million miles away uh, and how they freak out about it. And they, things like that, I think, is kind of that's that's a really extreme example of the whole firing thing. But like a salesperson similar that human to when I'm when we're doing this show or any Zoom call or any conference call. If I look at the camera, I'm not looking in your eyes. If you're looking in the camera, you're not looking in my eyes most of the time. There's mm -hmm. always we're always disconnected. And there is a very strong evolutionary like mechanism that connects two people when they actually look at each other. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's right. drastically absent from video conferencing. And now I understand yep. completely why people who want that face to face and that connection feel like they can't work this way. Yeah. I, I work Especially at a company that's, that's all they've known. Yeah, it's all they've known. Sure, um, I, I've worked. I've worked at this company that I'm at now, who has had a complete remote, if you want to, policy 
for years, like since the inception, because they needed the smartest brains they could find, and they really didn't want to worry about moving those brains here. They just wanted those brains to be where they are and work real hard to produce cool stuff. Uh, we're unique in that we're an open source company, so all our stuff is can be found for free. So we have to like entice smart people to build things that we want to sell. But um, but like that that model has always just kind of worked for us. That being said, I really miss going into the building. Um, and I know UT's like I'm probably never going to go back. But as as my kid gets older and needs more time with me, as more stuff around the house gets kind of nuts, like I have really missed that uh, that time to drive to the building, the time to drive yeah. home from the building, the oh, time. Oh, that's what I missed. Yeah, the the um, that's one of the main things that I could use is not that like as soon as I'm off work, I'm I'm on dad duty like right out of the gate. Uh, there's no spin down, spin up time. It's just you're there. Uh, I need that. I think I've, I've figured that out over the last couple months. But um, but yeah, I miss I miss seeing like C Mitch, for example, sit next to him in a cube. We don't work on the same team anymore. I rarely talk to him because, like we've mentioned on the show before, all conversation is intentional. Yep. Uh, everything mm-hmm. that you do, everything that you want to talk to somebody about, has to have a meeting and a time <clears throat> slot. It's not random it's not an organic mm-hmm. thing like i talked to jesse about youtube videos for 20 minutes today and like that was the greatest that was the most off-kilter random conversation that i think i've had with somebody like over a meeting it's like oh well we got done talking about what we needed to early so let's talk about normal stuff that <laughs> humans talk about uh and that it builds camaraderie and it builds relationships that work to make you have a good time at work um, yeah and I think that's an important feature of it. It's an important aspect because I will tell you, if you ask probably nine out of 10 people at the location that I work at, why they work there, it has nothing to do with the smartest minds and blah, 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 spread out all over the world and interconnected and blah, 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 blah. It has everything to do with, I like the people that I work around. Yeah. I'm comfortable mm-hmm. here because yeah, I, I, I enjoy being around these smart people and, and doing really fun things with smart people. Yeah, I can find these uh, a group of smart people anywhere, but I enjoy being in this building with good, smart people. And I think that's what some of these people that are retiring are missing. They're missing that that opportunity to interact with really awesome folks. Um, I mean, and the other thing is you, you talked about salespeople. I haven't bought something new in forever for the labs and for, for the building. Um, and whenever I do buy it new, I, I don't even talk to a salesperson. I look up exactly what I want and chances are it's going to be from the same company that I've purchased from before. It's nothing new. I'm not going out on a limb. I'm not trying to find the latest and greatest. I'm just trying to find something that suits my needs. And I'm thinking long-term it's actually going to hinder our progress because we missed these General, these these quantum leaps in technology that that we're used to getting every once in a while, um, just because a salesperson comes and says, "I got this really cool thing that can really help you out, and this is what it can do for you," and you're like, "Oh, hold on, wait, 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 that that could help." And um, now it's it no longer do I have those meetings, and I'm just stuck with the same companies that I've been working with because you know I, I don't have time to take a new phone call. It's it, there's not that lunch to go to anymore. Um, right. So, yeah, I think there are a lot of things that, that this work from home is hindering just for me personally where I work. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm interested to hear if somebody from in the audience uh, listens to this and it either resonates or, or they basically say, Jacob, you're full of shit. Um, I, I'd love to hear that too. Um, so send me, send me a note if, if it resonates, cause uh, I'd like to hear your opinions about it. Yeah. Staring at goes podcast at gmail.com. Uh, go ahead and throw it out there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The work, work from home is a different thing. When you were talking about the old guys uh, who wanted to see people, I was imagining what it was probably like for the old guys who were used to drinking scotch at work, not being allowed to do that anymore, probably were like, F it, I'm not going back. This is like this, yeah, the, the we can't drink scotch at work anymore kind well, of thing. And there there <laughs> definitely is something to be said for that. Like yeah. We're creatures of habit in a lot of ways. So when you get into a routine, when something is normal, and then that's that's taken away, and you don't, you're not given the option yeah. of one or the other. It's just, no, this is how it's going to be now. A lot of us bristle at that. That's just how it goes. And you either have to adapt and change with, with the times or you get out. Yeah. Um, there's a lot well, and th- that was the reason why I brought this up originally was adapt or change. And I don't think it's a, I struggle with the word adapt because that implies that there's a certain level of adoption associated with the way, um, the progress is made and there was no adoption for this. It was a instantaneous change. It was a, you do it this way because of this now, and it's going to be this way forever. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to use the word adapt because yeah, we can adapt to this change, but there, there wasn't an adoption to this. It was just a, a well, everybody a short, had to go through this. Yeah. It, it was a short adoption period. It's like, it, it would be a lot like you have lived for 35 years and suddenly you are diagnosed with diabetes and you can no longer have sugar yeah, right? mm-hmm. or it will kill you. Like you, you there's, there's a super short adoption phase there of like, yeah. no now. Yeah. And that's harder. That's a lot harder to do. There's still, it's still there, but it's just when you shorten that down and again, you're not given that option. Yeah. It's not a look, you, you should probably cut back on sugar so that you don't end up in the no fly zone, but, uh, or, you know, yeah. It, so that, that's the hardest part. The, the hardest part is not having the option. You know, I, I was given an option to be able to work from home or go to a different company that had an office and the option to work from home was better for me. So it was easier for me to adopt to. And that's the other thing you notice too, with, with a lot of startup companies, there's a lot more, especially in software it's more of the culture to have remote work. Whereas sales has never had that as a culture. So now all these salespeople and everything that they have learned is getting thrown out the window and they've got to change everything that they're doing and they have no time to, to change lanes. It's just now you got to do it right away. That's the hard part. Yeah. Definitely. By the way, your diabetes analogy was fantastic, but here's my question because that, that really was a great example. How many people actually change their diet? I know uh, one diabetic well, and that didn't happen. <laughs> didn't even come close. Not even remotely I, attempted. I know probably one that I can think of off the top of my head whose diet has changed. Um, but, you know, it, it obviously it's going to be person to person, but that's very similar to the person that works with you who the office culture changes and they retire. Yeah. it's that kind of an example or it's that kind of a thing where yeah. rather than change and adapt and try to work with it, it's easier to get out of it. Yeah. 
you know, I've done diabetes research for 15 years. Um, I pretty much cut my teeth on diabetes research, both type one and type two. And the number of people that actually adapted and changed their lifestyle, I could probably count on one hand. And there are the the magical gyms out there that do it. Um, I mean, my father was one. He got diagnosed as pre-diabetic and boom, immediately he changed his lifestyle and, and did it and was able to do it. So I feel like those kind of people that are headstrong enough to be able to make that happen will do it if they have the willpower to be able to do it. But if I would say that's 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 rare. Um so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to take that analogy one step further and try to apply it even more to this. And I think the people that have been in this situation for 50 years or 30 years or 20 years, they're really going to have a tough time. And, and it's showing because we're seeing a lot of them retire. Some yeah, people, I mean, habits are hard to change. Some people are they, better they cold are. turkey quitters than other people. Like mm-hmm. my, my dad did the same thing. He got even a hint of diabetes and he weighs less than I do now. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's some people are just like, I mean, he still smokes all the time and dips and whatnot, but <laughs> the sugar scared the crap out of him. So he got out of that. Like, I can only handle so many ailments. <laughs> and, <Yeah. you> know, <laughs> so I don't like I drink my, I, I smoke all day and I drink my dinner. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. He's oatmeal in bed for dinner now. That's like, he's, he's made the change. Uh, oatmeal and Crown Royal. <laughs> yeah, he'll, yeah. He'll live to 108. Right. That's what, you know, that's how it'll go. <laughs> It seems to be seems to be tracking well. Well, I'm glad we talked about that because that has certainly been a, a subject on on everybody's mind. I think with this the new the new economy, like how much product we now have a year of forced work from home that companies were afraid to try, and we have stats on that productivity and what that's done and and how these last four quarters have gone in in a company's fiscal year. So it'll be interesting to see like when everybody can go back, how many companies um, do change their model. And uh, and who sticks around and enjoys it? Um, to me, I'd prefer the option. I, if if we do get to go back, I'll probably do a three two three at work, three at work, two days at home. Try and split it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be that would be workable for me. I just have to get a car again because I sold my other one and we went down to one car. Oh darn! Got to go get that pickup truck I've always wanted. Oh Shoot. bummer! Uh, see you you had it right there in your mind the whole time. You're like. <laughs> I know I could play this just right. This this pandemic yep. that we've got, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and sell, go down to one car. <laughs> Whenever we come back out of the pandemic, I'm going to spin that bad boy back up and be like, hey, you want to know what would be good? Give me a pickup truck. truck. Yeah. <laughs> D- D-Wayne needs a pickup truck. Uh, <laughs> tired of mooching off Tater all the time. Um <laughs> Scheming Steven, that's that's me. Thank you, oddly normal one. Just put that on my yearbook picture. Uh, so, for me, for me, the the um, the locked in issue has become has become significantly more pronounced. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just Easter candy or what, but I feel like I'm in the house with a caged animal all day uh, with my four six year old kid. Uh, love him to the moon and back. He's like, he's, he is not ADHD. We had him tested for that, but they were like, the hyperactivity is probably on the high side. I'm like, okay, so he can pay attention. He just doesn't want to sit still to do it. Understood. (laughs) We got this. So like, that's definitely becoming more evident. And Stephanie and I are waking up in the morning to just... Just this, I'm I'm flapping my hands wildly, uh, in in as like a like a chitter chatter. Uh, he is after 
He's after stuff the minute he wakes up. Like, can you do this for? Can you marry? Can you can you print out a picture of Optimus Prime and laminate it so I can play with it? Oh, and when you do that, can you also do this? It's like insane. And to say no is just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, please go away. I love you. Uh, that's been that's been really like. So I've been on even more of a desperate hunt for like, hey, like, do your kids <laughs> your kids want to play like? Hey, random person on the street, do you have children? Are they quarantined? Um, <laughs> it's it's becoming more uh, more evident that uh, that though though he didn't make it to kindergarten this year, it would have been really good for him to have made it to some sort of organized structure and routine um, that would have suited him well. Because uh, this this it's just it's real it's real tough around here right now, and we're both losing. Losing uh, the ability to function as each passing day goes on. Um, well, because I'm I'm guessing things started off where it was Sam was at home with you, mm-hmm. but now he has become Rorschach and you're stuck in the prison with him. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's a hundred percent right. He was home. We were doing. We had a lot of routine, and then he finally figured out like we're at home. Like. <laughs> Whatever, you know, and then we determined we we're going to put him in kindergarten again next year anyway. So we loosened up a little bit on our, our, our rigorous, like, we've got to get him educated for first grade struggle. Uh, because it became like, we need to get him ready for stuff, but we can, we can not kill ourselves to do it, which was also making like both of us insane because getting him to sit down hmm. for us is different. Getting a kid to sit, hey, Sam will listen to any other adult that is not us. Oh, yeah. Or Uncle Jacob or Aunt Ashley or Mamie and yeah. Papa or Granny and Pop. <laughs> so anyone that's not a relative, he's like, he's like, yes, I will pay attention to you. You're awesome. I will listen. I do not know who you are, other adult. But like with us, it's, you know, anyway, it's, it's parent stuff. It's parent stuff and it's going to happen. Uh, but kindergarten will be here sometime in August and we'll hopefully be going and everything will be fine. You could say, send him somewhere else for six to eight hours and be like, oh, okay. I can get myself straight. I can actually do laundry. We can get this done. Uh, but in other news, aside from that being a thing, uh, it's becoming more clear the more people I talk to that the exercise that I did involving going to a rural area to get a vaccine has clearly <laughs> exacerbated the problem of rural areas getting more vaccine than they need and the continuous exodus of people from these large civil, civil areas where there's actual civilization, the migration to rural places to get a vaccine continues. Uh, yesterday, I saw a list for a place up near Wake Tech that had a list of 500 vaccines that were going to go to waste, and they could not find people to put them in uh, because so many people had already gone somewhere else. You've also got a portion of the the community that is not going to get vaccine vaccinated whatsoever because they're a bunch of dumb idiots. Yes, I said it. I'm sorry. It's you go get vaccinated. Uh, but, but you know, and then. Then you got this the place in it done out in rural up but nowhere that's like, hey, we still have five thousand vaccines. Uh, <laughs> any more of y'all want to come down here get get, <laughs> get one from anywhere because we've got too many. But to me, like, where does the logistical failing come out in that? Like, whose issue was that? Was it was it done initially getting five thousand vaccines for their area? And no one like misjudging the amount of 
vaccines they actually needed and then having to do something? Or was it like, did they not send enough to Wake County where we have this huge population center? Like now we can't get appointments. Even if there are vaccines, it's really hard to find a place to get a shot. Somebody I know today was rejected getting their second shot because they had gone to the clinic in the rural area, even though they told the, the, the person they made the appointment with that it was their second shot. They were like, wait, you didn't get it here. F you go back to where you came from, you know, and like <laughs> get out of my house. And it's, it's, it's really confusing. Cause they're like, I got my, I'm, I said, I'm getting my second one. They said, great, come on down. Uh, but they weren't saying great because you went somewhere else. And the lady was like, all oh, you people went somewhere else. And now you want to come back here. Um, he said she was a little rude. But, but I mean, where did we mess up? Where did the delivery, where did the state or the federal government or whatever screw it up? Or did we do it? Did we do it by... I think it was us. Out? I mean, I, I, I bitched about this, what, four or five weeks ago. And I said, this is exactly what was going to happen. And I, I feel like I should do this number um, because <laughs> I called it. it. This is exactly what, what we had predicted would happen, happened. Um, and And... If for for those that are just now listening, the, the the thought here was, you know, the Department of Health and Human Services here in North Carolina was in control of how they were going to send the vaccines to the different counties. And the way they allotted them was based on population to start with. And then they rewarded the, the counties that actually distributed all of their vaccines by giving them more vaccines because they needed to continue to roll it out as quickly as possible. So these outskirts or these out, out uh, rural areas that are just on the outskirts of major metropolitan areas were getting hit really hard. And so they were distributing their vaccines lickety split and so they kept getting more and more and more because the state was like oh if you're going to distribute them great here's more and they took them from areas that were not distributing nearly as well um they took them from places up in the mountains or down at the beach or in the middle of rural north carolina that wasn't close to a metropolitan area and they started pulling back on some of those but the major rural the major metropolitan areas still kept kicking out uh, as many vaccines as they could but they were never getting any more because these surrounding areas were doing so well. Um, and then once the surrounding areas stopped doing so well, because people weren't willing to travel anymore, because guess what? The people that were all antsy for it and said, give me more, give me the vaccine. I need it. They're no longer needing it. They've got the vaccine. So where is that need coming from? It's coming from the people in the major cities that aren't willing to travel. And so now all these outskirts are saying, Oh shit, I got 5,000 vaccines again this month. Or this week, and I got to get rid of them. And I've got twenty people in line. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but and so now we're, we're we're throwing away a whole bunch of vaccines because of it, and it just sucks. And we've got people that are chomp, chomping at the bit to get them here and here in um, uh, a major metropolitan area, and they can't get it. <laughs> yeah, poor Travis. We did it to ourselves. But like, so the re- only reason I went to Dunn to begin with, because you can point fingers at me, I don't care. You're right. I went. And oh, I'm not pointing vaccine. fingers at you. I, I I'm not. Well, no, I'm just can. saying this is what happened because I did it. Uh, I I found out there were vaccines available, and I want to go see my parents as soon as possible. And I wasn't That's wanting right. to wait till whenever they decided to open Group Four to get a vaccine. And this area, for whatever reason, is really impossible to find an an appointment, even with it all open to everybody. Uh, so I went, but I wonder like if they had incorporated the metric of, I mean, you write down what County you're from 
when you you sign up at these um, open clinics, like you put down, I'm from Wake County, uh, they mm. should have been able to use that metric to go, man, like nobody from this area is actually from this area. From like this where, area. what, why not, why not send those to an additional, like, like you went to the PNC arena situation. You yeah. said it was really well done. It was distributed really well. You went through it easy peasy. I mean, done was no different. It's just a community center. You showed yeah. up and you stood in line and you got vaccinated. But here it seemed like we had far less of those like mass vaccination clinic situations it was like you had to go to chapel hill and that was like a hospital kind of scenario uh you get an appointment you do this done hell to walk in and they said as long as you're in the groups and then when they didn't get enough people they said as long as you're a human over 18 (laughs) you can come do it um so i don't know i feel like there's more of a breakdown than just we sent 5,000 over here. Hey, welcome to the Legion of Dorks, Grain Barley Cast. Thanks for joining. Yeah, man. Thanks. Uh, but I think there's more to it than, than just rural area got a lot. People from outside of rural area got shots. I think we could have probably incorporated more metrics to decide where the value was actually going to be placed or where we could have put everything. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but uh, think about it, though. Yeah. You really want – I mean, you, you want both rural and – urban areas to, to be vaccinated at high rates and you do the faster you can get the rural areas done, the, the more you can start uh, chopping wood on the, the urban areas, so to speak, and, and trying to make headway there. So, yeah, but the yeah, rural I mean, areas it, it, adoption rates are so low. Yeah. So yeah. you've got to incorporate that look too, you know, you're like, yeah. cause I talked to my dad about it. Like he's like, there's still people here who won't, who just won't go get it. You know, and he lives. He lives and works in a rural area. He's like people just won't go get it uh, for various reasons. Some of them foolish. Some of them, some of them just like I don't care enough. Which I'd yeah. rather you say I don't care enough than say I'm afraid it's going to grow a horn in my head and my wiener's going to fall off. Uh, like and that's. I mean, that's in all fairness, I was reading a lot about folks that are are really scared of the side effects. They're like, look, I would much rather get COVID because there's there's no sickness associated with that from a lot of people. I mean, some people die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but right. The, but yeah, that's that's what I've been hearing a lot. Yeah. So, and then um, Grain Barley Cast said that they're opening it up to everybody eighteen and older in in Florida. Um, they're they're actually starting to talk about that here. I think in two weeks they're going to just open it up and say, "Hell, anybody could get it." But it sounds like Florida's already already reached that tipping point. Yeah, Michigan did on Monday. Everybody sixteen and over. You just can't get an appointment. Travis. I just can't find a damn appointment. Yeah. You want the shot. Anywhere. You like, got to get one. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to do it, but I, I also don't really want to drive 65 miles one way to get it to then have to do that same thing in, you know, two weeks or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's a good segue to, to your round table, actually, because that's yeah, what you wanted to talk about. Let's go there. Yeah. No, I just, I, I want to get a, a vaccine. And part of my issue, too, is all the major uh, uh, pharmacies are doing it here, you know, Rite Aid and CVS and Walgreens. My my town, which I've talked about, is pretty, I'm a rural area. My town is not that big. The population center for my county, roughly 100,000, 120,000 maybe in the summer. It grows a little bit. Uh, but we still have like between Rite Aid, CVS, and Walgreens, there are eight or nine 
maybe even 10 locations in, in the Traverse City mailing area, which is my town. One of each has appointments wow. available like at any, at any time. So it's like, okay, what are we doing with, you know, five Walgreens in town and one is doing them. One is doing vaccines. So it's driving me crazy that I can't. And, and that's the thing that's, that's killing me is I just can't find an appointment anywhere. And I'm constantly checking all day at work. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a little annoyed with that. Uh, but on the, on the plus side, um, the other thing that's been going on for the last week is uh, my continued work on getting my big ass in shape. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm distracting myself from the lack of COVID vaccines by walking all the time and catching up on my podcasts and eating better. And I have now 10 days in a row of hitting my uh, step goal for the day. Um, I'm averaging about 13,000 steps a day. Woo, buddy, Um, you are moving. Yeah. And uh, last Saturday was great. I got up, I grabbed a breakfast burrito. I drove out and took Emerald with me to uh, some new trails that I've never walked before. And it was like four and a half miles, almost five miles of walking in the woods with him. That was great. Oh, I uh, bet he loved it. Yeah. Oh, he was. He loved it, and then he slept the rest of the day. He was <laughs> worn out. But it, it's been great. I'm loving my noontime, uh, noontime walk, um, and the catching up on the podcast has been a lot of fun because uh, I've been. I mean, that's one of the things sitting at home is I fall behind on all that stuff because yeah. I'm not commuting. I'm not driving. So, yeah, that's been my last week is just working on and and it's it's setting the good habits again. It's it's the habits of getting out and walking. And being physically active, it's the habits of better uh, food intake and eating breakfast every morning. Um, I'm doing a you know a fruit smoothie every morning, um, and I've done that for the last two weeks now. So it, it's it's creating those new habits again, and and thankfully it's going well. That's amazing. Now I get a damn COVID vaccine, and I could <laughs> maybe travel again at some point. Well, you're making the the right kind of gains. I'm I'm jealous of your morning walks. I, I wish I could get get myself up and start my day in nature like that. Like that sounds that sounds absolutely amazing. Amazing. Yeah, that was that was uh, definitely weekends are that uh, weekdays. It's usually like a noon time. Yeah, noon noon one o'clock somewhere like that. Which it's going to start getting warm. I might have to shift them to the morning <laughs> when it starts hitting. Uh, Thankfully, though, because I can come home, I'm not as concerned with uh, with sweating a bit while I'm out walking because I'm just going to sit at home. Yeah, so, you're fine. No big deal. Yeah, you, you're you're good to go then. Now that's cool. Well, congratulations on the the habit forming, and you'll have to keep us updated as we as we move forward. Oh, definitely. through this show, and you can uh, you can keep us updated on how you're doing. My dad lost like 50 pounds doing 10,000 steps a day, so. It's it's a and eating oatmeal in bed at night <laughs> seems, <laughs> seems to also be oatmeal for dinner seemed to be the thing that really kicked it over. Well, that's cool. Well, it's good to uh, I'm glad we could catch up. Those are some fun topics. Uh, but we do have we do have some news. So let's see what we got here. Oh boy, one in three COVID survivors suffers neurological or mental mental disorders. Um, that's that's rough. Uh, one in three COVID survivors have suffered a neurological or psychiatric disorder within six months of infection with the virus, uh, said a study of more than 230,000 patient health records. Uh, the study published Tuesday analyzed data from the electronic health records of 236,379 uh, COVID patients 
from the U.S.-based Trinetics Network, which based more than 81 million people. Thank you for the sub, Green Barley Cast. Appreciate Woo-woo! that. Y'all are awesome. Uh, the y'all, y'all, you, well, whoever, y'all are great. <laughs> this group was compared with 105,579 patients diagnosed with influenza and 236,038 patients diagnosed with any respiratory tract infection, including influenza. Overall, the estimated instance of being diagnosed with a neurological or mental health disorder following a COVID infection was 34%. Jeez. Uh, that's insane. For 13% of these people, it was their first recorded neurological or psychiatric diagnosis. So this is the this is where the good stuff comes in. It tells you actually what that means. Uh, the most common diagnosis after having the coronavirus were anxiety disorders, according to 17% of the patients, mood disorders, 14%, substance misuse disorders, 7%, and insomnia, 5%. The incidence of neurological outcomes was lower, including 0.6% for brain hemorrhage, 2.1 for ischemic stroke, and 0.7% for dementia. After taking into account underlying health characteristics, there was overall 44% greater risk of neurological and mental health diagnosis after COVID than after the flu, and a 16% greater risk of COVID than with respiratory tract infections. I didn't even know mental and psychiatric disorders and, and conditions were part of respiratory tract infections until I read this, um, but it seems like COVID is a beast. Um, and I can't, I can't help but wonder, like, there are a lot of, the isolation too, um, has its own effect on anxiety and mood, substance abuse, insomnia. And I, I, I trust the, the data they've come out with. I just wonder if that, if that kind of condition, if you're like, you got COVID, sure, but you've also been, you were quarantined for two weeks, at least by regulations, you're likely quarantined yourself more does it does it continue does it build on the problem that covid potentially has already caused and then increase those numbers greater cuz if you have the flu you you had the flu you you know you move on but with covid you had it oh my gosh i had it they made me stay inside for 2 weeks i don't know where i am <laughs> i don't know what my life looks like anymore i might have blood blood disease now like i mean does that add to it and does that matter you're you're the data guy jacob do they do they incorporate <laughs> this stuff into it i mean uh, yeah they try to normalize it the best they can that's the reason why they compared it to the flu to see what what kind of outcome they have compared to the flu um and they looked at it for six months after the diagnosis so it wasn't like they took just the initial two-week span right after they they were diagnosed and you know the person that's in quarantine for two weeks all of a sudden has an anxiety attack and and that counts but yeah, I mean, you're right. The pandemic, just the effects of the pandemic are definitely going to exaggerate the situation. Um, deconvolving that is, yeah, or deconvoluting that is going to be tough. Um, I'm not sure it's necessarily easy to do now. I would say in about a year, two years, five years, when we start doing longitudinal studies on people that had COVID versus the people that got vaccinated you're going to start seeing some interesting information come out. I think what what this article says to me is we don't know what the long-term impacts of having COVID are. And yeah. everybody who said, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. Go out, just get it, and then call it a day. Then you don't have to worry about uh, being uh, masked and not going out anymore because you've got antibodies, because you got it already. Uh, I, I think that might have been a little bit short-sighted because you have data that's starting to creep up about – 
long-term ramifications with uh, lung disorders, long-term ramifications with blood disorders, now neurological disorders. I mean, there's a lot of things that are starting to pop up that you're like, huh, this, this isn't good guys. This is, this is really not long-term, not going to be good for, for us as society. So yeah, yeah. I, I think we're going to have to wait and see what happens longitudinally um, with some of these yeah. longer studies. Well, let's see what happens outside. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm next. <laughs> Outdoor transmission accounts for 0.1 of states COVID-19 cases. This was in Ireland, by the way. So it's going to refer to places like the state and other things. So uh, just forewarning everybody. Uh, just one confirmed case of COVID-19 in every thousand is traced back to outdoor transmission studies revealed. Uh, of the 236,164 cases of COVID-19 recorded in the state up to March 24th of this year, only 264 were the result of an outdoor transmission, which represents 0.1% of the total. Uh, there were 42 outbreaks associated with outdoor gatherings, um, with one community outbreak uh, counting for seven cases. There were 21 outbreaks um, on construction sites with uh, 124 cases 21 outbreaks on construction sites with 124 cases okay outbreak and outbreaks, spread to 124 people yeah that's right yeah and the 20 outbreaks associated with sporting events and fitness in which there were 131 cases um the data was based on locations which are primarily associated with outdoor activities i.e uh, outdoor sports or construction sites or outbreaks specifically mentioned in the comments that outdoor location or activity was involved um, the HSPC, which is short for, I think I deleted it out of here, but, um, <laughs> whatever, uh, it's, it's the public health administration. Uh, so they cannot determine where the transmission occurred. The relatively low number of cases resulting from an, uh, outdoor transmission in the Republic is mirrored in international studies. A study of 1,245 cases in China found only three people infected outdoors and they were, um, in conversations without masks. Uh, according to a review by the University of California uh, of five global studies of transmission, the chances of getting COVID-19 in an indoor setting is 19 times greater than outdoors. So bottom line, outdoor settings equals good. Indoor settings equals bad. Um, how many times have we said that in the show? Pretty much right. since the beginning of the thing. Uh, gather outdoors. If you intend to be close when you're gathered outdoors, keep your masks on, uh, which I, I think... Everyone I know's done a pretty good job of of keeping keeping either distance or keeping masks or both. Um, anytime we've met up with friends in backyards and stuff, we've been masked if we were on the porch, uh, or or not masked and standing on the sidewalk while our friends stood in the the yard. You know, like yeah, there's ten feet away. Significant, yeah, significant difference. Um, that's that's pretty that's pretty that's good news. So that means your your outdoor yoga class, if spread apart, can be an outdoor yoga class. Oh, we had that one report of the CrossFit gym that kept their doors wide open, uh, where the ventilation is really key. Like how how do you circulate air in the place you're in? If you're going into like a weird old store in a strip mall with drop ceiling uh, that hasn't had their HVAC <laughs> done in like Party City, for instance. Yeah, go, go go anywhere else. Don't go in Party City. Bad idea. Um, you know. Well, didn't the CrossFit gym have like those big garage doors yeah. all the way aligning the building? Yeah, and they had fans up top that would just would suck air in and blow it straight out the garage doors. Yeah, and so the ventilation was ridiculous in that that gym. Yeah, 
they had CO2 meters as well. So if it went up above yeah. a certain point, they would set an alarm and tell everybody to get out uh, until the CO2 <laughs> right. would come back down. I mean, it was these people had, had poured their life into this CrossFit gym, and they were not going to let it fall apart because of a <laughs> pandemic. It was really impressive. Uh, and it, you know, your HVAC system matters. Uh, but you know, HVAC can't stop everything. Like all the new cases popping up as the variant becomes the big thing. Isn't that right, Travis? <laughs> yeah. Uh, half of new cases are in five states and the UK variant becomes dominant, the dominant strain in the U S. So nearly half of the new coronavirus infections nationwide are in just five states, a situation that is putting pressure on the federal government to consider changing how it distributes vaccines by sending more doses to the hotspots. New York, Michigan, Florida, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey together reported 44% of the nation's new COVID-19 infections, or nearly 197,500 new cases in the latest available seven-day period, according to state health agency data compiled by Johns Hopkins University. The heavy concentration of new cases in states that account for 22% of the U.S. population has prompted some experts and elected officials to call for President Joe Biden's administration to ship additional vaccine doses to those places. So far, the White House has shown no signs of shifting from its policy of dividing vaccines, vaccine doses among states based on the population. The seven-day average for new daily cases in the U.S. increased over the past two weeks from 53,651 on March 23rd to 64,791 on Tuesday, according to Johns Hopkins University, while the average number of deaths, a lagging indicator, declined from 821 to 744. So 22% of the population lives in those five states, and it's accounting. they are accounting for 44%, almost half of the new cases. That's, That's nuts. I mean, we got a couple things at play here. I think New Jersey and New York... Um, depending on the areas we're looking at, could be a lot of the same population density. Um, yeah. When you're looking at a lot of people commute from New Jersey to New York City to work, to shop, to party, whatever. Um, I can't help but wonder if that's at play. I would love to see the heat map of that, I guess. Yeah. Like, I where are we? Where are we, actually? We could have looked that up, but I, I didn't. Um, Michigan, I don't have any explanation for. Uh, Pennsylvania, I don't have any explanation for. Florida spring break just happened. Uh, Florida has generally been the unruly child of of yes. COVID nineteen, um, which has been really rough for for everybody that I know that lives in Florida. That's like, why can't we pull this together? Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I'm not exactly surprised. I'm I'm, I'm surprised that it's and half. I'm not. I'm not surprised it's a spike. I'm surprised that it's half. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think like Michigan and Pennsylvania, it's a uh, it's a thing of Michigan has basically Detroit and then the rest of Michigan. Sure. So it's either tightly packed in the Detroit metro area or it's the rest of Michigan, which is rural and a lot of people not getting vaccines anyway, which is another reason why I can't figure out how I can't find a damned appointment, but <laughs> I'm not bitter and I'm not going to dwell on it. Okay. <laughs> sure. Oh, no, okay. You're not going to dwell. On it. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I'm not going to bring it up with every news story, but yeah, I would say that the fact that it's 44% of the new cases is the, uh, the part that is that I wouldn't have predicted. Like I wouldn't, I would have said I, w I knew it was bad. I did not know it was this bad. Like yeah. that's, that's a large portion. 
Yeah, it's 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 a huge amount. I mean, it makes me feel good living in North Carolina. I guess. Yeah. But somehow that we were we're we're not as bad as other places yeah. where people are. Uh, and but, California was one of the leading ones that was really uh, had a lot of cases there, and they're actually talking about opening up, um, full opening up soon. Yeah. So uh, their their numbers are coming down significantly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I hope that I hope that trend continues for them. Uh, just I just I just want to see us get out of this thing as quickly oh, as yeah. possible, and I'd love yeah. I'd love to get this isolated. I guess the question is now, if we want to discuss it a little, is that is that rollout like should does it make sense to start sending vaccines to these hot spots where COVID is on the rise, or could we could we end up like just hot potatoing hot spots <laughs> like oh we fixed we got vaccines going here oh crap now this place is on fire. Uh, do we end up with that scenario? I, I wonder about that for two things. For Whack-a-mole. the population density issue uh, that we've talked about before on the show, um, and the mobility issue, talking about teens and and college age kids who are still doing stupid things uh, despite knowing better at this point or should know better at this point. Like, what is our vaccine strategy? Is it working? Do we need to pivot and stop the age group only kind of scenario? Yeah, it's interesting because we we've brought up spring break twice now, and once in the context of Miami and the other in Florida, and the other just now. Um, and and Miami actually had protesters standing out of outside of town hall, protesting the spring breakers, saying we need to stop bringing in spring breakers right now and and stop allowing them to be here because this is causing a problem for all of us. And uh, which I find is interesting that the the residents of Miami were like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't want the spring breakers at this point. That's a lot of cash money for them to go out <laughs> it and is. say, like, I don't want yeah. this money, which is what they're saying. Like, I can yep. make it a year. Let's get rid of everybody. That's that's a big deal. It's a big but deal. But, yeah, I mean, the, the bottom line there is the spring breakers will go back to wherever they're coming from. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if they're in rural Idaho or if they're in New York City. I mean, it's, it's still, uh, to me, a... It's it's the what what was the heat map that we saw before? It was early on in the process where um, the first set of spring breakers. Jesus, the second spring break. This is the second spring break this. since pandemic. Yeah, we track cell where phone they, data. They actually, yeah, they track cell phone data. That's right. Um, oh and, yeah, yeah. And watching that video was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Where <laughs> it pretty much touched every quarter of the United States. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and it did this year too. I'm sure. I mean, I saw yeah. pictures out of spring break that made me want to cry. Like why are y'all yeah. why are y'all standing on top of cars? Like what are we doing? This is boy, this is a great party, you know. It makes me it makes me worry about things. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like you think I think about things like Dragon Con, those events we look forward to, wondering if they're even gonna if it's it's even a possibility. You know, it's we're talking Labor Day weekend for that one in particular, and I'm hoping it's a thing. But you're still talking about a up to eighty thousand people in these hotels and trying to keep people in masks. I don't doesn't seem reasonable. Do you think we're going to hit the vaccination rate that we need to hit to get herd immunity? Do you think we're going to hit that at all? Seventy five to eighty percent of vaccinated population. Not vaccinated. Um, maybe we'll hit it in case count plus vaccination. But you the, think so? The, <laughs> I think we will. I don't know when, but I think we will. I think that I'd rather see it in the vaccination on the high end of that percentage. Um, but mm. I think there are people that will have had it that aren't in a rush because they've, they've had it. They've, they feel like they don't need the vaccine and all the side effects because they've 
got natural god-given immunity <laughs> let, my, let my system do as it does uh and i think i think it's possible to get there i just hope we get there before the variants new and and more difficult to fight variants happen you know that's that's my thought but anyway ashley wants me to rip on. um walgreens a new one. Oh. Because she couldn't get an appointment because the Pfizer thing. You can rip them a new one if you want. You, you can do that in the deep dive. <laughs> deep yeah, I'll dive, do that in the deep dive. Deep down right, into Walgreens. Uh, yeah. Hey, so we got this going on. Speaking of data and watching things happen, real-world data shows the vaccines are kicking butt, including against the scary variant. I love the opinion in that headline. Like, Let, yes, me, let me make sure I intimidate you. Oh, scary variant. It's got fangs. And, and wolf ears. In a small trial, the Pfizer-BioNTech, uh, which I learned is how you pronounce their name, uh, BioNTech vaccine fully protected people from symptomatic COVID-19 caused by the worrisome B1351 coronavirus variant wildly circulating in South Africa. Good news, because South, the South Africa one is one of the bigger ones. Um, GNE. Yeah. Through researchers, or though researchers will need more data to confirm the results, it is just the latest bit of positive news to come out this week about how the vaccines are performing in real-world conditions. On Monday, the CDC released real-world data showing that Pfizer's BioNTech mRNA vaccine and Moderna's mRNA vaccine were, collectively, 90% effective at preventing infections in fully vaccinated healthcare frontline and essential workers. On Wednesday, Pfizer and BioNTech announced that their vaccine is highly effective in adolescents, 12 to 15 years old, not just the adult part of the population. And on Thursday, the companies announced the, the B1351 news as well as new data on durability. Uh, the latest monitoring data on people vaccinated in Phase 3 trials suggests the vaccine is still 91% effective at preventing symptomatic disease up to six months after the second dose. Uh, that's longer than previously established, but researchers will still need more data to assess of efficacy beyond six months. This is the Twinkie problem. We can only tell you how good a Twinkie is based on how long we've had to test that Twinkie. If we've, <laughs> if the Twinkie has only been around six months and it still looks good, all we can tell you is at six months, the Twinkie still looks good. We have to wait until they've been out there for at least that amount of time to actually tell you with any, any certainty that the Twinkie is good at a year. Um, I love that you just made rolling stability uh, analogous <laughs> to how long you can keep a Twinkie. And, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, that's going to uh, – Armageddon will de destroy the uh, Twinkies. In the sure, world. sure. I mean, you got to simplify it for the masses, Jacob. The, the, people go. understand I the Twinkie it. meter. The Twinkie meter. Um, yeah, can that be a show title? That's a good one. The uh, Twinkie the, meter. The bottom line message is that vaccines work very well in the real world setting, uh, says Anthony Fauci. Uh, they work against variants, although we need further data to confirm that. They're durable for at least six months, and they work in adolescence. Very, very good reason for everyone to get vaccinated as soon as it becomes available to you. Dr. Fauci out there preaching the good word of vaccines, trying to make you get biochips so you can connect to the 5G network. Uh, and there are still some people that are uh, like proposing bills in Congress to fire Fauci. Can they just go home? Like, can we just, can they just sit down and relax for a minute and just let the adults drive the car? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what side of the aisle you want. A, a proposal to fire Dr. Fauci after his 30 years of service to multiple administrations is foolish. And you yeah. should just stop. Yeah. 
If there's Speaking anyone of man stopping. loyal to the science, it's that guy. Okay, go yeah, ahead. Speaking of stopping, AstraZeneca is going to have to stop because they're getting kicked out of U.S. factory over mixing up of a mix-up that ruined 15 million vaccine doses. AstraZeneca has been kicked out of a production plant in Baltimore after mixing up uh, after a mix-up is thought to have contaminated 15 million doses of a coronavirus vaccine produced by J and J. The AstraZeneca jab has not yet obtained approval in the U.S. Uh, but the production of the vaccine has started in anticipation of the green light. Um, it was being produced by a subcontractor at the plant operated by Emergent Biosolutions in Baltimore. Uh, the plant was also manufacturing J&J's vaccines, and workers at the factory mistakenly mixed up the ingredients. As a result, 15 million doses of the vaccine produced by J&J, which has been given FDA approval, had to be destroyed. Uh, J&J will now assume full responsibility for the production of its vaccine at that plant. The pharmaceutical giant, which has promised over a, to deliver 100 million doses of its single-shot vaccine to the U.S. by the end of May, said it will deploy additional staff at the Baltimore plant. AstraZeneca's vaccine will be produced elsewhere in the United States, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services said. The location has not been disclosed. So they're pretty much saying, buy AstraZeneca. You hadn't been approved. Get out. <laughs> we can't get AstraZeneca some good news. Like, yeah, it we is, really no. can. Like, this is just another another setback for them. Like, I think we determined yeah. last week that all the rigmarole around their vaccine anyway was kind of up in the air and not really relevant. But it didn't help that there's already countries going, never mind. <laughs> We're not going to let that <laughs> one in. Like and now right. they they jack up Johnson and Johnson's vaccine process. Like someone is getting fired at AstraZeneca. I know they're going to get a thirty million dollar bonus or whatever for producing a vaccine, but they need to be re- the whole situation <laughs> needs to be rethought because this yeah. is yeah. not good optics for them. You know what's also not good optics, Travis? What's also not good optics? Uh, Jim is offering free membership to those who don't get a COVID nineteen vaccine. Uh, after Krispy Kreme announced free donuts for those who get a COVID-19 vaccine, a gym owner in New Jersey is rewarding those who don't get vaccinated. Ian Smith, who says he is a co-worker at the Attilus Gym located in Belmar, posted on social media that he plans to give free memberships to customers who don't get a COVID-19 vaccine. In light of at Krispy Kreme giving free donuts for receiving the COVID shot, here at, at the Attilus Gym, we are giving out free memberships to all who don't get vaccinated. We believe in health the real way exercise good diet plenty of vitamin d zinc and an environment to distress i think he wanted to say de-stress but that's not a word (laughs) uh according to cbs philadelphia the gym opened in may 2020 and started uh, a legal battle over whether the state's order for non-essential businesses to close was constitutional the gym repeatedly defied the shutdown order and was fined more than one hundred and thirty thousand dollars last year so Look, did mean heads at the gym already get a bad rap? These people aren't helping that at all. Like not even a tiny bit. They opened in May of 2020 and they yeah. pretty much opened just to defy the the orders in yep. in New Jersey. And You know what this what this reads like to me? Is, is this just a publicity a thing? Kid. It's just a rich kid who's got probably never had to work a day in his life and decided he's just going to do this to thumb his nose at the man. Yeah, that's it's, how I see it. Yeah, it's it seems like it's a contrarian 
thing. It's it's, yeah. it's there primarily just to be anti whatever the movement is. It's like hollow earth or flat earth or but it's there's nonsense to it. They know that they're being ridiculous, but it's cool to buck the system. You know, it's cool to just be a, a butthole. These people need to read Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. They uh, do, well, 1930s. 1938, they, uh, something. Yeah, still yeah. resonates. It's, it's, contrarianism <laughs> for the for the for the sake of it is just exhausting. Yeah, I just have no time for that that shit because it's pointless, and it just wears me out. So I have, when I read stuff like this, I just get worn out by it because you're right; it's exactly that. It's just somebody who's like, "Oh, you say that non-essential business is fine. I'm going to open up my own business and I'm going to keep it open." And clearly, he doesn't care about the actual business and making money at it because he's opened the gym and then spent another $130,000 in fines, not to mention how much he spent in legal whatever behind the scenes to fight the the order. Um, and now, you know, we're giving him free publicity for being a dingus and telling people not to get a shot and then come work out at his gym for free. When when you put this story in our, our chat, my initial response was, well, it makes it easier to know where not to work out. <laughs> so... I, I applaud them for that, I suppose, but yeah, this is, this is just one of the stories, man. It, it, I, I have, I have removed more than one contrarian poisonous person from my life before simply because no statement I made was met with anything other than an argument. And I'm like, mm -hmm. this is a pointless, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to go ahead, delete this number from my phone and move on with my life. Cause this is just exhausting knowing you. And this gym is the, not the personification, the opposite of a personification. It's like the, yeah. is the, it is the, a person turned into a building. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. go away. Uh, yeah. It's, I don't know why we give, we give these people the time of day, but we do. And there'll be people that go, there'll be people that are like, yeah, America. Well, I don't need I mean, no that'll vaccine. Be, uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Green, right? She'll be there working out, doing her CrossFit, ripping they, her shoulders out. How do they validate this? Like, what? How do you prove a neck? If I go in there and I say, I don't get, I get a vaccine, give me free gym membership. And they go, Well, don't show us your vaccine card. <laughs> okay. Exactly. I got a no vaccine card right here. I printed it out at home. Let's go. Like, yeah. what do they, how do they prove it? How do they, how do they validate any of this? They can, they don't have a right to your medical record because nope. HIPAA. Uh, the card that you're carrying, you don't have to give them. I just don't know. I, oh, there, he's looking for no the hole it's in my arm. Yeah, no, it's literally just a publicity thing to drum up people to show up at his gym. These are the and worst kind of people. What they'll what they'll do is they'll they'll figure out some way to have it in the contract for new gym memberships that the the free membership for not having a vaccine only lasts a certain amount of time and then you get paid you have to go pay your normal rate that's probably true and they'll yeah, bury they they'll bury that you're... in the legalese yeah. yeah they don't give you like a, it doesn't say you get a free gym membership for a year or whatever it's probably a free seven-day trial that they already offer yeah yeah you know? it's probably something like that i'm sure yeah anyway there are a bunch of meatheads and i'm sorry yep. that mm -hmm. the planet has to deal with them uh <laughs> but let's let's get on to to the the deep dive topic which i think is actually worth it's worth a chat, and I'm glad Ashley brought it up. And that's that's who decides when and how you get your vaccines, particularly the two dose vaccines, and 
whether they should have any authority to change the overall dosing structure. Uh, Jacob, I'm going to let you walk us through it since you're close to the, the initial complaint. Yes, <laughs> I am closest talk. to the initial complaint. So Ashley got her first shot uh, about three weeks ago. And I made sure I was like, look, make sure you schedule it for three weeks out. And when she came back, she said, oh, well, my vaccine shot is scheduled for uh, April 20th or whatever. And I'm like, hold on, wait, that's that's not right. That's four weeks. It should be three weeks. Um, all of a sudden now Walgreens is in the uh, news for uh, spacing out the shots incorrectly rather than three weeks, which is what Pfizer recommends. They're, they're doing it for every four weeks. And their excuse was um, that Wal Walgreens, however, separated the by four weeks because it made it faster and simpler for the company to schedule appointments. Um, there's no ev evidence that separating the doses by an extra week decreases the vaccine effectiveness is what um, they're arguing. Um, the CDC recommends a three-week gap. The agency is accepting, um, is says it's acceptable to separate the doses by up to six weeks if absolutely necessary. Um, Pfizer did studies at three weeks out. They presented data at three weeks out. We should stick to that three weeks because we don't necessarily know what it's like after six weeks or even more. And for Walgreens to make a unilateral decision to just do it at four weeks is... Uh, it sucks butts, and I feel like everybody should say, Walgreens, bad kitty. You, you've, you've done a bad, and you need to go and fix it. And so Ashley actually made a phone call today and tried to fix it. She was like, oh, wait, wait pharmacy, look, you only scheduled me for four weeks out. You should have scheduled me for three weeks. And the guy was like, eh, I can't do anything for my end. You're going to have to call when you hit three weeks and see if you can't find an open appointment and come on in. Uh, if you can, great. Good luck to you. If you can't. You've got an appointment four weeks. Just show up in four weeks. So I feel like Walgreens deserves a kick in the nuts right now, uh, not only for the what they did, but also the way they're handling it. Yeah. And to what you can do, this is just for your situation, if you do want to get it at the right time you need to get it, uh, Dunn is doing clinics. <laughs> <laughs> And you should be able to walk in and get your second vaccine with him <laughs> at the right date. You've been holding on to that one, had you? <laughs> Just thought about it. Like, oh, man, they didn't really check anything of us except our vaccine card, which I'm pretty sure is the same for everybody. That's um, right. And yeah, and yeah I, I think in chat they mentioned about Moderna. And yeah, it's supposed to be four weeks for Moderna. And that's absolutely right. 100%. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if they were just like, well, three weeks for this vaccine, four weeks for this vaccine. If we have too many of this, blah, 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 blah. Let's just schedule them all for four weeks and just call it a day. Because yeah. it's the least common denominator. Four weeks, everybody will be safe. And I, I don't think that they really took into account the reality of the situation, which is yeah. what they also on for the Pfizer. Is it me or does that seem exceedingly lazy because you're literally it's one or the other yeah. and you know which one you're putting into a person and you're scheduling them right then it's mm -hmm. like oh yeah. it's pfizer all right we'll schedule you for three weeks oh this one's moderna well, well that's four weeks so we'll schedule you out for four it's not that hard yeah it really isn't we could automate well, so, that in a spreadsheet <laughs> well they could but walgreens is actually doing something a little bit different they're not scheduling it at the time of um, dose. When you schedule your first vaccine, you also schedule your second vaccine when you schedule your first one. 
So it's not you get jabbed with whichever vaccine you're going to get jabbed with and then schedule your second one based on the number of weeks. You already have your appointment. You have both of them set up when you when you get your first vaccine appointment, are uh, which is what they're doing. No, are, you're are not. You, are, so you're just making a, two appointments and then showing up and they say, all right, flip a coin. You get Moderna. And I think it's based on what they have, if they have Moderna okay. or if they have Pfizer. That makes sense. Yeah, lowest common number is four weeks. Just go. We'll just do yeah. four weeks and flip a coin, and we'll always have our system say four. four. The, yeah, this is a little bit of extra work on the on the software side of things to go, okay, type vaccine equals Moderna or equals Pfizer. This is how long, <laughs> if else, <laughs> if then do this. You right. know, this is simple logic. Uh, but it's way easier to just go if vaccine four weeks time delta four weeks plus whatever yeah yeah you know um yeah this is stupid this is bad it's bad form like it, you know the the CDC like you you wrote you said that second ago when you're reading this thing a CDC says it can you can separate those doses up to six weeks we've had data out of the UK um saying that that there's they were separating them at a time up to twelve. For healthy yeah. people, um, which they think was going to work, but then we found that it was really detrimental for cancer patients. Uh, they were finding that the 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 split doing it that big of a delay in a cancer patient for whatever reason caused a much lower uh, efficacy or antibody presence among that population. So we really don't know like how everyone is going to react. What we do know is what we studied, and what we studied was three weeks. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, this is a, um, it's a bad move. It's a bad move on Walgreens and it's sad that that's Walgreens is one of the chief places people are going to go. Cause there's one on every street corner in most yeah, cities yeah. in America. Um, yeah. do we know anything about CVS scheduling? Do they do things like this? I, if we don't, that's fine. I haven't I heard anything. It yeah. I don't know anybody. That's I From what this. I understood, the way CVS did it was cause I almost scheduled for CVS, but it wasn't quite open for me at the time to go. Uh, but they were they were scheduling your second dose when you went in for your first. Ah, so you'd yeah. go in, get it, and then schedule your second one is what I remember. That makes sense. You know, that seems well, like... CVS did it right, in. but they have many, many, many other shortcomings as a company. And <laughs> if I could kick CVS in the nuts for some of the decisions they made, I, I would prefer to do that as well. So both of them suck. Jacob, did you know that the insurance I get my prescriptions for is owned by a pharmacy? Because I do, and it irritates me every time I think about it. <laughs> CBS should never been allowed <laughs> to Caremark. buy. Yeah, they should never been allowed to buy an insurance company and then tell me yep. that going to a CVS is the only way to get my ninety day supply. Uh, bunch of that's how that got through. I don't know. Buy all the phone companies you want. AT and T. Why did you let CVS? By uh, by, it's just stupid. And then it's they stupid. they wrapped in your deductible into prescriptions, which made it even stupider. <laughs> yes. So now people have to pay out of pocket for prescriptions until they meet their deductible, and it's just it's our our healthcare system is just in massive need of bonkers of some major changes. Bonkers, absolutely bonkers. Mm. You don't even have to be like pro single payer to believe that it's bonkers. Like you could be, you could oh, be no. any, yeah. you could be in whatever camp you want to be, and you could look at it and go, something needs to change. <laughs> like, this, <laughs> this is dumb. Um, 
But here we are. We're not going to solve that on staring at goats. No, we're going to avoid that. We're just going to say major changes are needed regardless (laughs) of whether or not you believe that it needs to be private or whether you need to be public. It doesn't matter. Major changes are needed. We just need to. The whole system is broken. That, uh, That podcast is called Just Shoot the Goat. Uh, put it down. <laughs> the goat is shot. You're staring. You have nothing to stare at. You have nothing to stare at. <laughs> Your goat is staring gone at the now. void. <laughs> this show is lighthearted enough that we're just still sitting there looking at him. We haven't taken any action yet. Um, no, this was this was a good show, you guys. I had a, I had a lot of fun chatting about all of these topics. I think I think uh, despite me thinking we'd eventually run out of content, we seem to have become really good at pruning the stuff that's actually interesting to uh to chat on uh even though this pandemic has stretched longer than any any one of us including the chat room ever wanted it to um mm. but uh but I think for those for those of you out there that are done with seeing another episode of staring ghost show up in your feed cuz the pandemic's still here <laughs> you're not you're not alone i mean i know some of us feel that way i certainly feel that way plenty um but we're all suffering on our different ways and whatever kind of help you need to get go get it uh the best you can uh in these in these trying times uh because it's not easy yeah and the kind of help that i need is let me know what kind of podcast we should do next because (laughs) i am so ready to move away from covid asap so i want to have something in the shoot ready to rock and roll yeah because as soon as staring at goats is done I'm so excited about never talking about COVID again. <laughs> I don't want it to dominate conversation anymore. I'm so tired of talking to everyone yeah. and going, did you get vaccinated? Yeah. How's your quarantine going? What do you, it's so frustrating that I'm just, yeah, I can't, I can't handle it. I just want to talk about the weather. I would try anything. You know how long yeah. it's been since I've had a nice conversation about religion with anyone? <laughs> I know this sounds, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. Like you don't talk about that with people, but I used to have nice cordial discussions about religion with people i miss those which is saying something like it yes like it's saying something i want to not talk about covid anymore i'll get back to the other awkward things that we could discuss uh i miss it uh but anyway uh thank you guys for being with us for hanging out uh tonight this has been a lot of fun uh voicemail uh we want to get oh, yeah, to yeah. that you you got a voicemail from rishi b yes Woo-hoo! yeah uh here's here's that voicemail uh right now Hello, the host of Staring at Goats. This is Rishi B. I was encouraged to leave a voicemail regarding COVID. Um, recently, the CDC updated their guidelines that vaccinated people can uh, participate in a number of different activities, essentially living almost a near, uh, you know, near normal uh, lifestyle, uninhibited by uh, social distancing, etc., and uh, the crux of the argument there is using vaccination as an incentive, you know, or using these loosened guidelines as an incentive to uh, get people to vaccinate. And uh, I actually uh, agree with this. I think that um, this is kind of a, a way to encourage people to get vaccinated while still making sure that everyone stays safe, making sure that if they're near unvaccinated people, that they're not, uh, you know, completely going hog wild. You know, I, I think that that's okay. I think um, any further direct carrots probably crosses some lines, but I think telling people that you're vaccinated and uh, we now have more data in about um, 
this sort of effect that happened to vaccinated people when they go out into the world. You know, as long as everyone's maintaining distancing, I think that that's okay. And uh, so uh, that's my opinion. I'm, but I'm just Rishi B, uh, a healthcare guy who has a healthcare podcast, um, and that should make me the grand pooba of healthcare in America. But uh, that's up to you. I'll leave it to the people who stare at ghosts. All right, thanks. <laughs> All doing well. Thanks. So yeah, so. It was. It was great. So yeah, he he kind of echoes what we were saying, which is you know the the loosening of the guidelines for those who get the vaccination is a good using that as the carrot to get people to get the vaccines is a good idea, and I agree with him. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's great. I think it works on people who were already careful to begin with. Um, I think that's that's a big a big contender for that is like. You feel like you can go out now versus we've we've seen and talked to or been around people talking to others who've just been like, F it, I'll do what I want. Um, so that, that you're not really helping those people get vaccinated. No. But you are you're more making a solid argument to people who are skeptical and quarantining, which I think is probably mm. a smaller fraction. Like if you're quarantining, you're probably not as skeptical about the vaccine than those who are open. Maybe maybe I'm wrong on that, and I'd be interested to get uh, any feedback from audience members who know people or, or whatever that are quarantining and are still like, eh, vaccines. Um, yeah. Because that seems like that would be a, a small portion of that audience to me. I would think so. Yeah. But, uh, I think but you're right. If, if you want to be like Rishi and send us a voicemail, because we like to get them, uh, you Please can call do. us. It's 231-486-5401. Um, give right. us a call. Leave us a message. We want to hear from you. Yep, yep, yep. So thank you, Rishi, for, for calling in. Rishi does, what's his podcast? Um, healthy Schmelthy. Healthy Schmelthy. That's, there you go. Uh, Rishi's awesome. So subscribe to that. Uh, you Not everyone gets a plug because I don't know all of you, but I at least know of Rishi. <laughs> uh, so he's got that. But yeah, that's 231-486-5401. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, give us a review or tell your friends about it. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. when you look at the title of the show as you're looking for new podcasts to listen to, Staring at Goats does not exactly scream COVID quarantine discussion podcast. So the more people we have in the reviews and telling people, the better. The more likely it is that this show gets more traction because uh, we kind of need that based on how horribly we titled this thing. But we also didn't expect it to be a year-long show, so you know, take that as you will. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Staring underscore Goats. Uh, which is a place where you can just shoot us questions or, or thoughts in uh, 240 characters or less. Uh, if you want to support us monetarily, you can do that at twodorks.net slash support, which will take you to our Patreon page where you can join the wonderful patrons who support our network and the, the stuff we do. Uh, DH Dunn, Hammer Dwarf, Jesse, Og, Adam and Christine of Geek Time, Oddly Normal One, and our parents. Uh, that list grows, and it's fun to say their names at the end of every show. You want to say your name? Uh, put it on the put it on the Patreon. Even a buck is really helpful. To be quite honest, uh, it means a lot to us. Um, if you want to tip us once and just like buy us a coffee or whatever, tutorks.net/tip is the place to do that. Uh, but we have had a great time talking to you guys. It's been Stephen Jacob and TV's Travis, and we'll see you all next time while we stare at goats. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>